Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Don't look at the camera. Don't look at the camera. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 89 of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show. I'm Marco. I'm joined by my co-host, Lucas. Lucas, how are you going? I'm going well today, Marco. Um, I, I had a few things I wanted to start off the top with. Oh, did we mention it's episode 89? <laughs> we did mention that it was episode 89. <laughs> um, 20 I, after the big one. <laughs> I, I went on my first run for my Couch to 10K app today. Oh, nice. Didn't Congratulations. Didn't get runners high. I was running for 30 minutes and I feel like surely it should happen in that window. Mm, mm. Um, And I'm just tired. (laughs) (laughs) I almost lost at you. I feel like I'm notoriously like five or 10 minutes late for everything that I do, particularly the podcast. Mm. Um, But I arrived here at 6.59, 6.59, one minute before I said I would. (laughs) You texted me three minutes earlier being like, if you get here at seven, again, the allotted time, uh, I'm not going to be able to let you in because I'll be in the shower. (laughs) Yeah. And was I ready? You were ready. Yeah. But <laughs> you were ready was... by 702, it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's like plus or minus 10%, which would have given me until 706, actually. <laughs> All right, very fair enough. You win this round, runner man. Um, and then also a few other things that uh, happened to me today was I opened up Twitter, as happens probably five days a week now, <laughs> and I just had some suggested, suggested tweets that <laughs> made me so angry that I needed someone else to feel the anger as well. Right, okay. This one's from Dean Scorpion. <laughs> Great handle, by the way. <laughs> His photo is LeBron in a Philadelphia jersey. Oh my god. <laughs> Trey Young is closer to Luka Doncic than he is to Ja Morant. Uh, follow up. Uh, people really need to start respecting Trey. Easily a top 10 player, plus top 5 playmaker in the league. Follow up tweet. <laughs> How are people not comprehending this tweet? I'm saying Trey is slightly worse than Luca, while Jar is much worse than Trey. Dean Scorpion, like Jar might be better than Luca. What, like, what is even the ballpark for the point he's trying to make? It's so annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> and then, uh, my guy, um, at Pugalistic Fanatic. <laughs> Jar not Jar is not even the best point guard from his own draft class. Wow. Darius Garland is significantly more impactful <sighs> to winning. Jar is an Instagram star. Those other guys are basketball stars. Damn. Damn. I don't know. I didn't know the Western Conference standings, like, I don't know, <laughs> counted Instagram points because uh, they're pretty high up there, actually. The playing Cavs versus the second seed Grizzlies. My fucking God. That is just. I, I feel like so much of Twitter just must be in bad faith. Like a guy with LeBron in a Philly jersey. <laughs> he's not making a good faith argument <laughs> about Trey Young. <laughs> also, why is he make, why is he a Trey Young stand? It's so <laughs> it's so annoying to me. That whole tweet, like I hate the like if you don't think this, then I don't listen to anything you have yeah, to say. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, if you yeah. disqualify that many people, you how do you not feel like you're in the wrong? <laughs> um I did. I I also had an angry Twitter moment. I've already I've already spoken to you about this, but uh, just people. Uh, someone was like, "This this might be like uh, one of the most disappointing Lakers teams of all time." And they're like, "Oh, ever heard of the 2012 Lakers? Uh, ever heard of the 2004 Lakers? <laughs> These are all teams that made the playoffs quite comfortably. <laughs> one of them actually went to the NBA Finals. Um, like, I take your point. They similarly had like." all these aging stars in the limit shit, but they're just completely leagues apart. Mm. You know, like 
Carl Malone wasn't the problem with the 2004 <laughs> Lakers. Um, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook going to a potential and actually kind of probable 50 loss season. <laughs> <laughs> More less disappointing than a team that made the playoffs. That's crazy. You know, uh, again, I've already said this, but I better say it on air. You know, the, the last time someone uh, scored 30 points in a season and their team lost 50 games. Kobe. <laughs> no, Brad, Bradley Beal three seasons oh ago. Oh my god! <laughs> Damn. Revisionist history. What's it called? And no. The, uh, no the, the, yeah. Then there's like I can't even remember what cunt did it like forty years ago. It was some some guy for the Knicks. Go figure. Yeah. King. Oh, Stacey King. Bernard King. Bernard King. Yeah. That's the guy. Anyway, speaking of the Lakers, <laughs> this is the second one. Uh, this one, this at BGN underscore five. This is James oh, Harden. I feel like I know him. James Harden like in a Philly jersey. He's a notorious Harden stan, I think. I judge your basketball knowledge based off where you rank Kobe all time. Oh my God. <laughs> if he's not in your top five, you've got to rethink your list. If he's not in my top five, I will not rethink my list. That's like, um, what's that? The guy who's like always wrong. So like, you know... When he says something that the opposite is true. Is it like a name for that? Is it like a specific person or a name for that yes, sort of person? Yes. There's this guy called um, Armand White. Um, he's an African-American film critic. <laughs> and he like loves all the bad movies and hates all the good movies. Right. So like if he rates a movie really highly, it's a bad movie. Mm. If he rates a movie really lowly, it's a good movie. Is he doing it on purpose? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think much like uh, BGN underscore five. That's genuinely, <laughs> just genuinely how he feels. Damn. Uh, pour one out for Armand. <laughs> Our man Armand. Um, so Mark, what have you got us here for today? Well, uh, you know... We're getting towards the end of the season, uh, much like we do every year, or at least uh, last year. <laughs> um, we're going to revisit uh, our uh, end of season award predictions, uh, then give our prediction for who we think is going to win, given the season's almost over, and then who we would pick if we were a voting member of the basketball commentary, which we're unfortunately not yeah. as of now. I would give me a vote. I would absolutely. I'd give you a vote. Have you, the other members of the four man, plus Marco. Get more hesitation, but I would give me a vote Damn, for sure. Russell Westbrook just keeps getting his third place votes every season. I agree with all of my votes. <laughs> um, so, who do we want to start with? I think it's the the young ones, the rookies, yeah, the roadie bread. Uh, one of my one of my uh, actually, I won't give any spoilers, but I got three different names. So, my preseason prediction was Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. My prediction for who I think is going to take home the award is Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. But if I had a vote, it'd be Scotty Barnes. Okay, I've I've got um I also had Jalen Green preseason, which is it's just looking like a garbage pick now. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much we like watch college ball and mm. pay attention to people before they're in the NBA. But my prediction is Scotty Barnes, but my pick is Evan Mobley. Damn. <laughs> um, I I'll be honest. I did look at the odds for most of my to help with most to shape most of my prediction uh, prediction for who's actually going to win the award. Mm. I think that Scotty Barnes brings more basketball to, in, like, in his skill set. But Evan Mobley's role is just so much more defined, and uh, he, he's what he's good at. He's better at than what Scotty Barnes. Hmm. How am I going to say this? It's quality over quantity with yeah, right. with Evan Mobley. But I think that what I love about the award this year is very unique is that wins might actually play a part mm. in who wins the Rookie of the Year. And even if they don't play a part, we're judging these players who are getting meaningful minutes on playoff teams. Which is like, when has that ever happened in the yeah, Rookie of the Year race? Legit, 
hundred percent. I think that's kind of why I think Scotty's going to win because for me, these two guys, they have like just such, such interesting skill sets and they're already like, they're already developed NBA players. Like mm. their both of their ceilings are so high. Um, and like their teams have already made them so valuable to how they play basketball. I just think over the last 20 games, like Scotty Barnes has like looked like one of the key components of the Raptors, like mm. get, getting to where they are in the table. Um, and I think given that Mobley, you know, Mobley's currently injured, I think there will just be that little bit of recency bias where it's like, oh, this is Scotty Barnes is the guy who's been like steering the ship at mm. times, you know, like when when the only two guards that Nick Nurse will play on their roster <laughs> out, Scotty Barnes has like Scotty Barnes brings the ball up every play, mm. um, and so when you see him like racking up, you know, twenty five, twelve, and six assists, that's like it's it looks like he's the guy that's winning games for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and the fact that like Nick Nurse is trusting him to be the mm. hole plugger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hole plugger. The hole plugger. <laughs> yeah, sure. A plug holer. No, I think I'll plug it in yeah, works. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's gotta speak for something. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But so but you Scotty Barnes is your pick as well. Scotty Barnes to get my vote. Yeah. Uh Mobley's my prediction and uh we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so why why do you pick Scotty over Mobley? What's the It is just like so I equate it to Anthony Edwards last season. I feel like Scotty Barnes and Ant are very similar in the fact that they were doing all of these different things, but I feel like Ants didn't scale up to winning. Mm. I was very wrong there. Mm. Ants, I want to say the best Timberwolf. But it didn't scale up to, I agree, but it didn't scale up to winning in his rookie season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just think that I saw what Ant did last year, and now I feel like Scotty Barnes is doing that in a winning team this year. Right, yeah. And... I just like like backing like the raw guy. Yeah. Over, I feel like Mobley is a bit more of a safe pick, whereas right, okay. Scotty Barnes is like. I just think he does more bits of basketball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think like, um, Scotty, like Scotty has so many different skill sets where it's like he's just starting to develop them and he's mm. gonna get so much better. But that's not for me. That's not what rookie of the year. That's originally whenever I think about rookies, I'm like, damn, that guy's gonna be so good, and that guy's yeah. gonna be not that good. But when you're thinking about rookie of the year, you have to be like, who's been the best this season? Yeah. Um, and I think right, like no, no disrespect to Scotty, but he has gone to Toronto, and you know they haven't been, they weren't great last year, and they were a bit sketchy the year before that. The year before that, they won a championship, and like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of those guys are still on the roster. The coach is still there, so I think rather than like Scotty being like the impetus for this winning culture in Toronto, it's like, he's sort of like revivified it. Like he's been part of, he's like helped revitalize this team. Um, and God damn, he's just like the perfect, he's obviously just the prototypical Nick Nurse player. So it's no wonder that he just slotted right in and they started winning games again. With Mobley, Cleveland have been really bad. Like, it, will this be the first time they've had an above 500 season without LeBron since like, before Never. LeBron <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah I think so it's something crazy like that and obviously like Darius Garland has just like broken out of his shell Jared Allen has been amazing like Mobley's not the best player on the Cavs mm. but I feel like he has just helped bring this winning culture to Cleveland yeah and he's just been so so central to that and like when I when I look back on this season like I'm really gonna remember this Cleveland team and he's gonna be a huge part of it mm. yeah yeah that's fair um, 
one thing that just popped into my mind uh, when you were talking just then is that I feel like Scotty Barnes is already where we keep saying OG Ananobi is going to be. <laughs> I feel like with Ananobi, it's like, you know, the, the Raptors, they got one in the chamber. And yeah. you check and he's like, I'm probably going to get these numbers completely wrong. But he's like, average like 15, I don't know four and two or yeah, something right right and then scotty yeah you want to you can fact check that um but not, and, not because i need to know just because i want to know how wrong you were <laughs> um oh, if he's averaging like 20 points i'm gonna be a bit embarrassed no no he's not he's definitely not go on uh we got him up. oh here's one i prepared earlier 17 5 and 3 so okay i'll give it to you i was a little bit i was see i was thinking he was playing like <laughs> he's playing 36 minutes I was thinking he was getting like 30 minutes a game they're all playing 36 minutes a game <laughs> <laughs> I should have assumed I should have assumed um, and not that they're at all like for like yeah but just like as that wing as just like I guess Nick Nurse just plays wings though <laughs> <laughs> no but I get what you mean I feel like Scotty Barnes coming into the league like I remember in the first few games of the season like not even summer league he was just like pulling out his offensive bag and I was like damn like when this guy develops like a three-point shot and playmaking and like you know gets his like positional awareness a bit better he's gonna be like a real threat and then that happened like 50 games later yeah like his three-point shot isn't there yet and whereas like i mean ananobi's like a genuinely good three-point shooter Mm -hmm. i feel like that was part of his rawness like i don't know what four seasons ago yeah but scotty has just already surpassed him in terms of like playmaking and leadership like a hundred percent um and I feel like I'm just getting more of like a a love and a fandom for plays that just make it happen. Mm. And I'm going to get into this later um, with the, with an actual case study. But like, <laughs> just like, I just like, I used to be like, oh, but you know, if they were to be the very best they could possibly be, that's better than the next player who is, you know, technically better right now, but mm. I don't see them being able to improve more. It's like, all right, they just made shit happen. There was a game last night. They were the one that won it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, great point. Yeah. So just keep your head up and keep moving forward. Hold W, big dog. Um, who we got next? Uh, I think we have the uh, the accursed coach of the year award. Yeah, this is the one I got the most to say about. <laughs> Damn, really? Yeah. God, I love this. Um, all right, well, run us through your your picks. So my preseason prediction was Ime Yudoka, and my prediction and my vote would go to Taylor Jenkins. Right. Nice. Um, my preseason prediction was Eric Spolstra. Uh, my prediction is Taylor Jenkins. My pick is a, it's a good old consolation prize for Monty Williams, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you, t- you run through your stuff first because I got, I got a little bit of a monologue. Yeah. No, <laughs> or no, no. A list. All good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Taylor Jenkins, just he's, I think he's the out and out right choice here. You know, he's taken uh, this team from, like, scraping into the plane to, like, out and out two seed in, like, stacked conference. I don't, like, whether or not, like, the West is at its strongest, it's stronger than it was last year when, like, half of the stars are out for half the year. Mm. Um, I think, like, his greatest achievement isn't just, like, building this crazy offense around um, Ja Morant, but it's, like, how well he's adapted to every situation. Like, the fact that this team's 20-2 and two without Jar. Mm. Obviously, they have, like, a really deep roster. But, like, there's been no chemistry issues. There's been, mm. there's been no point where you're, like, um, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to win this game mm. with, with, like, who he's got on the floor. Um, I think if we started, like, 20 games in, yeah, if we ignored the first 20 games, Ime Doka would be, like, far and away the pick. Yeah. And then I think there is an argument to be made that the fact that he improved Boston so much throughout the season 
makes him like the coach of the year. But my pick, I think we just have to make it up to Monty Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was done so dirty last year. Like at the time it felt off and in retrospect, it absolutely was just an atrocious pick. Yeah. Given how New York have been going. And yeah, he's coaching... I, like Phoenix are just in their own tier at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're in their own yeah. Piers Morgan. They're just <laughs> they're there's. I don't think like you know whether or not it'll translate into winning a championship. Right now, there is no other team that is playing as well as Phoenix are playing. That's a fair point. Aless is writing an article about the MVP race, and uh, you know what's it called? Keep your eye out for that. But he makes a good point that just get it right. Like, just get the awards <laughs> voting right. Because you don't have to do this makeup award if you don't fuck it up and give Tibbs yeah, the award for Coach of the yeah, Year last yeah, year. Yeah. And I think that Monty Williams getting it, regardless of narrative, and, like, just looking at this year, it's a fair enough pick. <clears throat> I've got a list of... I've got... Let me just... I'll just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 please. <laughs> so, Jenkins is my pick. And, yeah... Just like never was like, oh, I need this. This is my game plan, and he plays it again. Fit this game plan. It was like, this is my roster. Let's make the game plan. Mm, yeah. Let's suit it to the roster. Let's get the most out of all of these players. <clears throat> so here's my pick, Spo, who you you picked preseason. Yeah, I think he's done an amazing job, uh, especially considering the availability of the Heat. Yudoka was the, was great in the last five eighths of the season. The top three in the West all well drilled and uh, have set a great standard for. Of basketball for the rest of the league Michael Malone and Nikola Jokic are the only two good basketball people in a potentially 50 win team so you have to give both of them the most amount of credit Chris Finch was amazing once everything clicked uh, and their season took a similar complexion to Yudoka with the Celtics just different uh, magnitude Ty Lue was incredible with the roster he had Willie Green showed uh, so much after your awful start pops pop I think Doc was incredible this season. Billy Donovan was amazing. James Borrego is changing basketball. And those were 14 names just there. And I think they're all doing a stellar job with the teams they have. And I've never seen this many good coaches in the Mm. league. And it makes me very excited and hopeful moving forward. And those are the 14 best coaches in the league, I think. You didn't even mention Steve Kerr. I didn't. No, I did. Top three (laughs) in the West. Oh, you did. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Which is... oh, which. I doubled up on Taylor Jenkins, so maybe it's 13 names. Regardless, that's more than I can ever remember. The subreddit will count them. (laughs) Um, And those are the 13 or 14 best uh, coaches, uh, whatever the subreddit says. Um, And now a side note, even where's Unsell Jr., when we've, like, played any semblance of, like, let's call it adult basketball... Mm -hmm organized basketball we've looked like a really good nba team and like maybe if we listen to him more and you know stop playing with all this ego and shit and just like play to a game plan Mm. that's 14 like really good basketball coaches um which is more than i can ever remember like in in any of my basketball watching history yeah yeah definitely like it's certainly up on last year yeah Mm. yeah um also, another thing, so many young coaches and so many minorities in that yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. Very, very few nice. white men. Old true, white men, except true. for the oldest whitest man. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you got a hood pass there. <laughs> um, but then why Taylor Jenkins? You didn't get to that part. Um, because they just keep winning. And 
And again, to do with like the availability of his roster, like the the drop from Jar to the next player, I don't even know who you'd consider the second best player in the Grizzlies. Mm. Um, and they've won 55 games. They're probably going to finish the season on 56 or 7 wins, which no one would have picked coming no. into the season. And every single player on that team has improved as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's just, there's just, he's done so much with the, with the team he has. Yeah. And... Like, there's been micro-improvements as well as macro-improvements. Yeah. Um, it is... You going through that list is crazy because, like, I didn't even consider, say, Billy Donovan, who, you know, just... I didn't even mention JB Biggestar. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are so many... So many teams felt like feel like they've taken such leaps forward mm. and it does feel like coaching for a lot of them as, mm. as well. Um, and I feel like, yeah, like, the conversation's really narrowed down. I feel like Taylor Jenkins is really going to take it away mm. no matter what but like Ime Adoka is certainly in the conversation as well but I feel like it's really narrowed down when there's like you know seven or eight second first second third year guys who are just absolutely killing it did I mention Billy Donovan yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay, you did, okay. you did. <laughs> that's why you're I, I like had completely forgotten that he even existed crazy <laughs> and like Ty Lue like what the hell you, you you take Kawhi and Paul George off any team and that are they sitting on 40 wins or something yeah yeah Ridiculous, yeah. and the eighth seed in the West. Ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. I think I think they might be just above five hundred right now. Damn, <laughs> God. <laughs> hey, at what you Donye, do you like hearing the down low on all your NBA and basketball content? Hey, at Will Conkin on Instagram and Twitter, don't you mean the lowdown on NBA and basketball content? No, I mean the down low because that's our show. The down low, where we give you the lowdown on everything NBA. Check out the Download MBA on all your podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple, or even Google Podcasts. Google has podcasts? Yeah, I didn't even know that either. But now you know, so go and get it in your ears. Oh, 39 and 40, the clip is. Okay, all right, one more. But still, one more. <laughs> um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, uh,. <laughs> Speaking of the Grizzlies, potentially, uh, <laughs> how about that most improved player award? What's the deal with that? Oh my god, what's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> this is like preseason. Ah, uh, this one felt like the stupidest to pick. Mm. Like, I, yeah, I never feel like I have any idea what I'm doing when I pick most improved player. <laughs> I'm glad that's on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh, you mean the player who I know how they're playing basketball right now how they're going to be playing in 82 games is yeah. going to be significantly better yeah no idea yeah Who's your, who are your picks so preseason I had uh, Tyler Hero um, I'm still looking alright but I think the the rest of the competition is a bit better uh, my prediction is Ja Morant uh, I think he's I'll, I'll talk about him more, more later but I think he's just improved a ridiculous amount and he mm. will be he will have the highest points per game of any most improved uh, <laughs> winner ever if he wins. But my personal pick is Desmond Bain, simply for Ooh. simply for fucking doubling his points per game <laughs> and looking like the genuine second option on that team. And also, I think he passes the could he be a future All Star test. Oh, you reckon he could be a future All Star test? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you said. <laughs> I reckon. Let's say next season or two seasons from now, the Grizz are the best team in the West. I like I I think they get that sort of like, you know, Warriors K 
Cavs treatment where they get two or three players uh, on the all-star team. And I genuinely think he'd get on the ballot before Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm, he's shooting such nice um, <clears throat> splits on... Uh, like, he's, he's averaging 3.0 makes on 7.0 attempts yeah, per game. so nice. From three. <laughs> I like that pick. I went... My, my preseason prediction was Hero... Um, and then my prediction for who's going to win is Jar, and then I'd also vote for Jar, because uh, I just think Jar is like full on a superstar now, mm. and you can't question it. And when you compare him to players um, in his draft class, he's only second to Darius Garland apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but when you compare him to players to his draft class, he's so far and away yeah, the best. Yeah. And like there, I feel like the MVP case for him was a bit unfair to the rest of the league, but it wasn't so unbelievable. Uh, and I feel like if you jump from, you know, being a second year player, <clears throat> player into the MVP conversation, uh, then the most improved, I think it's his award. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I think anyone who's in the most improved conversation, if they're even like, there's a murmur of them in the MVP <coughs> conversation, they're the most improved player. Yeah. You know, um, like I don't think anyone was even joking about Julius Randle winning the MVP last year. I don't think I don't think even the the Nixiest Knicks writer voted for him, put, put him third place in the ballot or anything like that. Um, Derek Rose, on the other hand, um, but I think the closest comparison I could find for the season Jai's having is when Paul George won Most Improved. He was in his third year. His numbers like went way up. It was clear that he was like becoming the centerpiece of that team. Uh, his team finished third in the conference and made it to the conference finals. And it also was like, oh, this guy's going to get heaps better as mm. well. Like, this is the birth of a star. John Morant has had a much better season than Paul George had that year. Yeah. And also compared to, like, even, you know, when you compare it on their sophomore seasons. He's averaging fucking 27.3 points a game, or yeah. whatever it is. Like, uh, I think Paul George was averaging 17. Mm. And obviously, obviously, that was on, like, a pretty pretty slow offense paces mm. team um so <clears throat> i think i don't think we've actually had a player more suited for winning most improved player than this true damn um yeah i think i like that he's just taken the award because mm. i feel like this year there's a lot of like you got to make a pick yeah but I, I feel like this is the one where it's like a player has just taken the award yeah yeah, and, yeah. oh well, well another one we'll get onto in a second maybe um <laughs> Also, Ja, first time All-Star was this year, mm. and he was an All-Star starter. And, yeah. like, obviously the All-Star... The All-Star game sucks, but, like, the All-Star picks are usually pretty... a pretty good <clears throat> representation of how the players are doing each season. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, 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 I like... I didn't, I didn't at, at any point consider Ja for MVP as a possibility... No. Uh, for most improved as a possibility, but... In retrospect, I really should have seen that. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. What was that guy's name? Scorpion, Scorpion Daddy, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Scorpion, Scorpion Daddy, uh, John Morant, All Star starter, Luka Doncic, All Star bench warmer, <laughs> All Star father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Asshole. <laughs> Fuckhead. <laughs> um, <laughs> do we even need to talk about Six Man of the Year? Yeah, well, this is the other one. I feel like someone took, <laughs> like, just the award that someone took. Um, I predicted Jordan Clarkson and I feel like I did it just to be I, I, I feel like in my heart of hearts I would have picked Tyler Hero but I'd already picked him for most improved I'm like yeah, mm. you, can't, you can't win both awards that's silly and it's just because I've done most improved before six man um, it's Tyler Hero like I, th- yeah. there's like 
there's no conversation here, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw, I was looking at the betting as well. It's like Kelly Oubre Jr. in second place. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah, my, my, my thing goes Clarkson hero hero. And I think you're right. Well, there's no conversation, but let's talk about it. <laughs> I think that he was had to be Spo's most consistent piece throughout the whole season. And I feel like even with all their injuries, it took a lot of like of their roster to break down for him to get starts. Mm. And he just like embraced that sixth man role. I watched the Heat play on the weekend. I can't remember against who, but I think Hero got blocked three possessions in a row. Wow. And then the next possession came in and just like swished like a step back. Like, just that... F- oh, fuck. Oh, I was, uh, the heat cultures went through my head. Yeah, but just that, like... That, that fearlessness and... And just a full-blown acceptance of that role to be, like, the number one option off the bench. Lou Will got a six-man for that as well. Mm. He nearly got an all-star pick as well for that season. Um, and I love it. I get, it just gave me flashbacks of, like, this, this prototypical six-man-of-the-year mm. winner of like scoring guard off the bench. Mm. And I love that that's, it's such a hard, it's such a hard mold to break mm. because it's such a well-defined role. And there's so much like comfort, comfortability in like picking a scoring guard off the bench. Yeah. six man <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think unlike a lot of six men, uh, it's not like he came to it late in not late or like halfway through his career, you know, like I feel like, that's probably one credit you have to give to the Heat organization is they very quickly recognize, oh, like if we want, if we want to be like a contending team, Tyler Hero isn't our starting shooting guard mm. or, you know, he's not starting in our starting five, but he's absolutely like our third best offensive player off the bench. Mm. He, he's, at, no, he's, he's the second best offensive player on the Heat, I, I would say. Behind? Behind Jimmy Butler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but even then he's more versatile than yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, that's true. Maybe no, maybe it's score. No, I, I feel like Jimmy Jimmy creates more offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think offense is Jimmy is in Jimmy's court, but yeah. scoring is in Tyler's. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that the number one seed in the conference, their best scorer is Tyler Hero. That's not yeah. like that's not a dig at any of them. <laughs> like it's just genuinely yeah, it's the same thing. I feel so happy about it. Like, it feels so right. Yeah, like on a team with Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, yeah. like these genuine like multi-time All Stars. I mean, like by the end of their career, they'll all, they'll all be multi-time All Stars. <laughs> I feel like Bam might be a I single. I think he's time. only got one. Yeah, he's just been too injured. Yeah, um, and this little fucking cocky white MGK lookalike yeah. is is their number one option. You know, loves just talking about the league, certain things like that. Do we want to do DPOY? Yeah. Maybe maybe save the big one for last. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good that's a good call. Who um, was your preseason pick? My preseason pick was uh, again. I feel like this is a hard one. I put Drew Holiday, but I feel like I didn't really mean it. <laughs> um, um, and then my prediction is oh, perfect segue. Bam out of bio, um, but my pick is Draymond Green. Damn, okay. So, my preseason prediction was Rudy Gobert because he's just so good on that end. Um, <laughs> my prediction now is Marcus Smart. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I feel like... Oh, and my vote would also be Draymond Green. Okay. I feel like... I feel like awards voters want to give it to someone that's not a center. Mm. Who's barely even a wing. And... 
the Celtics are the best D in the league. Um, and I think that Marcus Smart is the easiest vote to give. I feel like... All right. I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> I feel like this media campaign of Marcus Smart for DPOI has been like very... It feels... I... I I feel like I'm being gaslit or something. Like, I feel like it's just being very strongly built over the, yeah. lot of, like, the last few weeks. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been very long. Like, I feel like he's... he Because he loves mouthing off in the press. He's always like, you, you know, they never give guards respect for their defense, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah, blah. But, like, I feel like the last, like, 15 games, um, and particularly since uh, Time Lord went down, there's just been this relentless media campaign of, yeah. like, oh, Marcus Smart for DPOI, Marcus Smart for DPOI. <laughs> I, I really, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I actually don't mind that. Yeah. Your, your take there. Yeah. Um, but the Celtics have just been so good and also so watchable mm. defensively. Yeah, 100%. And I think that they're all, I think that this is a team award. I think, that, yeah, it's a team award and he's going to be the one that gets it. But th- this is what I mean. is like, I think when you watch that Celtics transformation start, um, when, you know, they moved the Horford to the four, had uh, Rob Williams, you know, sort of as like that help center. Um, I feel like that's when their defense got really good and got really watchable. And yes, Marcus Smart's a great defender. I'm not going to act like he isn't. He's probably what top five, top three on ball defenders in the league, mm. S- something like that. Yeah, I go Holiday and Caruso probably top two. Yeah, but that hurts what is up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, it could be Mikael Bridges. Yeah, um, Matisse Thybul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe six. Um, anyway, my my point is that although he's a good defender and he's a good defender in like a great defensive system, like it's like I'm talking myself into a Rudy Gobert pick here but <laughs> the defensive system is time lord like it is Robert Williams yeah. he is just so so crucial to how they have improved their D um, and like without him there it's not falling apart but it's not looking anywhere near as good as it, as it did before yeah that's a fair point I, I think that um, and it's just like sorry final point if you're not even the best defender on your team do you win DPO yeah yeah uh well in four of the past five seasons you don't even have to be able to defend (laughs) um uh, shit I completely lost my train of thought uh no I I completely lost my train of thought okay (laughs) well I'll tell you why I picked Bam as my prediction oh yes um I, I I think I think he's he's sort of like the heir apparent in lieu of anyone else. Um, mm, right. I think Gobert's, like the Jazz's sort of like pre-playoff meltdown. And I think people are, people are going to remember that series. I know at the time everyone's like, they're not going to remember that. The voters <laughs> aren't going to remember that Clippers series, but they're going to remember mm. it. I think that gets Gobert out of the running. Giannis honestly was a shout, but the Bucks are like only the 12th best defense in, mm. or 14th best defense in the league. And I think, just on pure numbers, uh, he isn't going to win it. Like, yeah, um, it's it was kind of, it's kind of startling how like ha- not having Brook Lopez there affected th- their mm. defense. Like, Giannis was still amazing, and he had so many like defensive highlights, but it just wasn't you know how many how many years in a row have they had like top top three defense in the league, three, four, mm. something like that. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, since Bud took over, um, and I think Mikael Bridges is in the conversation but he's not like I don't yeah. I think I think he'll be like two on like 30 ballots or something like that mm. but he won't get like a single first place vote and I've already expressed my Marcus Smart opinion yeah <laughs> so I, I think Bam you know uh, he passes the eye test 
I think he's not like Rudy Gobert in that. Yes, although he is like the anchoring center of like a top five defense. He's also just a really good defender everywhere on the floor. Yeah. Like he can really defend wherever, you know, wherever one through five. Um, and so I, for me, I think it would be good to give it to him to be like, this is what defensive center should look like, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, I like the, I like the band pick and I like that it does fit that criteria of like versatile defender that like can defend in so many different yeah. contexts. Yeah, exactly. And I also like the Giannis pick. I just think that the Bucks. I mean, what are they in third? Yeah. But it's been like such an unsuccessful yeah, season yeah, by yeah, their standards. For sure. And just shaky. And then, yeah, also the reintegration of Brook Lopez um, has taken a while, which I feel mm. like happens with a player that's like that unathletic. Mm. Um, and... And but of course it does. Like he was their starting center. Like he was the starting center for like thirty minutes a night. And last playoffs, man, he was unbelievable. Yeah, so I trashed good. him so many different times in years before that. And even still, like his shooting wasn't great last season, but he found so many other ways to win, like defensively. And and fucking every NBA coach, if you guys seven foot tall, and he gets anyone shorter than him on him and he's right next to the ring give him the ball um any nba coach and donovan mitchell if you're listening oh my god i watched this video last week of um like yeah rudy gobert just ducking in underneath the ring against a guard and yeah. at first i i used to be like man rudy gobert needs to score more around the ring which he does but you have to give him the ball yeah 100%. you have to give him the ball imagine all right next season uh there's a go bear to Atlanta trade. Guys averaging 22 points, n- no fucking dramas. <laughs> like with, oh, yeah, with yeah, Trey yeah. Young feeding him, like it doesn't matter how like awkward his touch is, how little post game he's got. That guy, he's gonna he's gonna catch eight lobs a night and mm. just get so many mismatches. Um, but yeah, because uh, I'm the same. I'm like I don't like seeing Rudy Gobert with the ball in the paint. But if it works, it works. And mm. like. You, if you are that size, you're going to get open looks. Yeah, and you don't have to do much at all. No, you really don't. Trey Young will set you up. Trey Young's been working with John Collins. No, no, no. John Collins is good. What's the <laughs> point I'm trying to make? <laughs> Clint Cabella. No. No. Completely <laughs> fucked it again. <laughs> Where's his runner's high going to kick him? <laughs> you're getting a runner's low. <laughs> oh, speaking of, should we order the rooster? Oh, yeah. Very good. But, um, yeah, I want to ask a question. And we'll then order Crocs and Rooster, maybe have a little ad, and then we'll come back and answer the question. Should Utah blow it up? I've got my answer ready. (laughs) We'll be right back. All right. TheDeepChew.com is your one-stop shop for everything NBA-related. Want weekly in-depth articles tackling some of the NBA's biggest issues and juiciest storylines? We've got you covered. Want a podcast that brings a fresh perspective to the league's current events? We've got you covered. We're like the ringer, only less problematic. So for anything and everything NBA, head to TheDeepChew.com and yes, it really is that simple. And we're back. Mark, you got an answer for me? Yes. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think genuinely, I, I don't know. This is a good team, but it hasn't worked. It's not creating a championship. Uh, th- there's not a championship winning team here. And secondly, I think the Donovan Mitchell-Rudy Gobert relationship actually is ruined. Like <laughs> It sucks. It's like, I don't think... 
you can be like, oh, it's just like trash talk in the press. You can see it on the court that mm. they don't like playing with each other. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> it like- hey, watch the camera. Oh, it smells like video on you. <laughs> Lucas is no, on- close it. <laughs> Lucas is on his runner's high. Yeah. It's not kicked in yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that the... the um, I think that Quinn Snyder has showed what he can do with a horrible pairing. Pretty good role players, but like not very versatile role players at all. Um, and also the team got old so quickly. Yeah. Like Royce O'Neal feels like the only young guy. And he's probably like 27. Yeah, I mean, like obviously Donovan Mitchell, but even Donovan Mitchell's like a sour old guy yeah, yeah, in yeah. the way he plays the game. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just think that uh, you would probably get good value for both Mitchell and Gobert right now. And then, yeah, Quinn Snyder will work magic. Yeah, for sure. I didn't mention him in one of my best coaches, but I feel like that's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's crazy that Quinn Snyder doesn't even crack top 15 coaches in the league this <laughs> yeah. season. Um, I I think one of them will get traded. I don't know if both of them will, but I think mm. one of them is out of there for sure. Yeah, I think that when we come from, like, we come from these, like, 2K rebuild perspective, whereas, like, <laughs> the change of, forget about just the on-court change, but, like, the off-court stuff and, like, moving to a new city and, like, re- uh, integrating a new core, losing one of your $40 million guys is probably enormous. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be so many implications that we just do not know about. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, in 2K, you're just like mid-season trade AD for Cat. <laughs> you win, uh, you force win 10 games and your chemistry's right back up at 85, <laughs> baby. <laughs> well, speaking of $40 million players, <laughs> should we move over to MVP? Hell yeah, brother. Um, who, who, what were your predictions? My preseason prediction was Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. My current prediction is Joel Embiid. My vote is Nikola Jokic. Nice. I my preseason prediction was Joel Embiid. My prediction is Nikola Jokic, and my pick is Nikola Jokic. So I think like four weeks ago, maybe six. Who knows? Around a month ago, I was like, Embiid's done enough, regardless of what happens in the rest of the season. It's his award, and Embi- uh, and Jokic just kept on going and like kept going on this ridiculous pace. Just like every time you check his box score, is thirty-eight, fourteen, twelve. Every like single game. Of 19 shooting. One of the other two people, good basketball people in in um, Denver's potential 50-win season. This guy is so fucking good. And, like, he's getting better. And he's the best player in the world. He's the most talented. Um, and, yeah, my vote would for sure be Jokic, but I think Embiid's going to win. Yeah, right. See, I was convinced Embiid was going to win from, like, when he came back from that first injury and just started blowing the roof off it. And I was, I was such an Embiid fan. I was like, oh my God, I think this guy's one of my favorite basketballers. Mm. But Jokic, I think it's the, the same thing where it's like, it's been this two-way race and I actually think it has been a three-way race. And it's just that like, Giannis is just that much behind them yeah. that uh, he's not going to enter the conversation. But it, it hasn't loosened for a single moment all yeah. season long. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, I think it's because Joel Embiid was like, the dominant force from when the race started, quote unquote, that Jokic just kept having to like, not surprise, but like he just kept having to perform and wow, week in and week out. Um, I think that, I actually think that people are going to vote for Nikola Jokic. I feel like that sense that it's like, oh, they're not going to vote from two times in a row was one of those like, 
It's like one of those self-defeating things where it's like, no one was saying that, but now that you've said it, everyone's saying it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think that, I think and I hope that people recognize that he has won more games for Denver than Embiid has won for the Sixers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy that there are going to be two guys who are averaging, have averaged 30 points and 12 rebounds and <laughs> neither of them are going to win MVP. <laughs> God. Who, uh... Well, I mean, Embiid could win it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and Embiid and Giannis are mm. both sitting on over 30 points a game and 12 rebounds. God damn, man. Okay, so this is my big monologue that I'm going to get into in a second. It's also a short monologue. <laughs> but this is... Embiid, I don't know where this quote came from, but it was he was asked about MVP and if he didn't win it this year, he said, I don't know what I have to do. I'll feel like they hate me. That shit sucks. And it hasn't changed my predictions on my vote at all. But why even mention the fact that you're a loser in this in the MVP award? It's not this is like the the NBA MVP award. It's like who is the best of the 450 players in the NBA? At the very top of that list. It's not about what you can't do. It's yeah. only about what you can do. Yeah. So, like, why even bring up this, like, everyone against me attitude? Like, like, like that's going to help. Mm. It is. It's loser talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many ways you can answer that question and not come off in that way. And you know what? I actually reckon we know there are some stupid fucks who, who like, have votes for the mm. end of season awards. I think five of them are going to hear that and be like, you know what? I'm not going to vote for him. <laughs> like genuinely I genuinely think he lost votes in that yeah like being an insolent little baby like that there are five dumb fuck NBA journalists mm. I'm probably one of them yeah. <laughs> I would probably do that um, who will genuinely change how their final ballot based on that mm. um, and this is the case study I was talking about before Giannis is not one of my picks for MVP but just a guy that's just made it happen he just fucking figured it out. Oh, he can't score. You know what he had in the fucking game six where they won the NBA championship? He had 50 points and he can't score. I, I, I feel like an idiot in hindsight because I used to be like, I used to just nitpick all the, the few flaws, which I was like, they're quite big, but he just makes, he just, he just like covers over them so easily with the, with the, um, with the shit he can do. And he just has a will to make winning happen. Mm. And I feel like three years ago, AD versus Giannis, I would have picked AD purely based on the fact that what he could be and his maximized potential. But Giannis just fucking kicks in the door and just does it. It's crazy. I, he, nobody takes on the game like he takes on the game. Mm. That step back um, three point <laughs> game tire to overtake Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the Bucks all time leading <laughs> scorer was just like, uh, it was just the biggest fuck you, I think, to any doubt you've ever had about Giannis mm. Antetokounmpo. Like any doubt, <laughs> initials AD. <laughs> <laughs> and where's he right now? That's exactly right. In eleventh place, exactly right. Um, but I, and I do think I think these three big men. I, I think I think we might look back on this as like a really great mm. era of basketball. Like oh, yeah. between those three players, who all th- all three of them are supremely talented. Two of them are like just athletic masterminds. Um, two of them are like can could like shoot the ball into the net from anywhere on the court, basically. But all three of them are winners. Like, yeah. all th- I know, I know, Embiid has lost a lot of playoff games. I know he's like come up short in the playoffs a lot. But I like I genuinely think that him, Jokic, and Giannis, when they want the ball 
in the basket it happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, there's no it doesn't there's no point where you're like ah oh, they they just weren't they just didn't make it happen in the last quarter it just always happens for those three guys yeah yeah and they do make it happen and yeah I think Embiid I feel like maybe if you compare him to Giannis it's unfair but like he's a winner in the in the in the scheme of nearly all of the NBA yeah and like you mentioned those three guys and like let's mention AD and like Cat. And they don't even hold a torch to these three, like, unbelievable basketball mm, players. Mm. And they're unbelievable basketball <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're in... We're in a... Yeah, I think that they are going to look back on this as, like, a great era. Yeah. Just the talent is fucked. Yeah. And it's awesome to, like, be talking about the MVP and not have to be, like, you know, oh, this guy's in the conversation. I don't really think he should be there. It's like all these guys are, like, two in the conversation. Mm, <laughs> like, mm, they're, they're, mm. they're having two good seasons. It's not like, you know, oh, Harden's only in the conversation because he's, you know, averaging whatever, but he's so inefficient and he's terrible on D and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, really, it should be LeBron. It's like, no, all three of these guys should win it. It's just who should win it more. Yeah. And like the first the first sign of any crack was Embiid being like, what do I have to do? And that's got nothing to do with his game. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's no that's no critique on his game at all. There's no critique on Giannis. And that's game. 77 games into the season. <laughs> he yeah. says that. Yeah. Um, and it could be enough to lose it for him. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint after all. Um, another great thing about this season, LeBron's going to average 30. Great. So happy for him. The Lakers are going to lose 50 games. Great. So happy for me. <laughs> Incredible. You couldn't write it better, could, could no, you? No. Do you how how do you feel about LeBron just kind of bumming around on a shit Lakers team for the next two years? Like, let's just say, I don't know. Either they trade AD or he goes when his contract is up, um, and the Lakers are just like bottom of the playoffs. They don't have any assets. They can't bring any good players in. They don't own any of their picks. And LeBron's like, all right, I'm just gonna go for the most points scored and like average 30 points a game you know season in season out until he retires or until um until Bronny's in the league yeah oh man it would be sad I would hate because th- if that's happened then LeBron's prime ended two years ago mm. and I don't want that to just like have happened and not sneak up on us I want it to be some like Kobe Bryant-esque like this is my last run but I'm gonna fucking win a ring like I want to see him in the context of a contender right. again because I think that, I think that more of this record has to do with LeBron than we've given the Lakers credit for. As in, oh, I've wow. critiqued Vogel, AD, Westbrook, and the rest of the roster, and I think that they have been horrendously shit. But I haven't critiqued LeBron at all, and I feel like some of it has to do with him. As, like, I understand that he's thirty-seven, but. Look at LeBron in the context of LeBron. He thinks he's the greatest of all time. I think he's the greatest of all time. He still thinks he's in his prime. I still think he's in his prime. If you are, then like you can't be on a 50 loss team. Mm. Yeah. Like, unless, unless you can accept that this is like the next phase in your career. Mm. Um, but if you're still one of the best players in the league, then I can't, how are you on a 50 loss team? Yeah. Um, I think it was Brian Windhorst. He's, he was talking about... I feel like this is not a super popular opinion, but like that LeBron comes to teams, he uses up all their assets building these great championship winning squads. And then like after four or five years, the team's depleted. Yeah. Like he moves on. I'm not saying that in like a, you know, he comes and he uses a team to win a championship. It's like, I think it's when you have LeBron on your team 
like the gravity of him as like a player, not on the court, but like what he means for winning, what his salary is, that like drains all the resources of your yeah. team. Like trying to put multiple championship contending teams around him. Um, and so I, I, I think we're just. I think the sign that maybe he has passed his prime is like those fourth years in, you know, this, what the seventh year in Cleveland, the fourth year in Miami, and the fourth year in Cleveland again. Like they were still really good teams, yeah, and they were certainly above five hundred teams, and they certainly weren't fifty loss teams. Mm. So maybe, just maybe, even though we're already at like this point in like the cycle of a LeBron team, he isn't good enough to drag them to like yeah. being a playoff team. I think that's what you're trying to say is like that's the critique of LeBron this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe the expectation needs to change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last year in Miami, they made the finals. They lost, but they made the finals. Two teams make the finals. <laughs> last year in Cleveland, same thing. Yeah. And that team was so bad. Yeah. That team was so, so bad. But they made the finals. But then also, like, if you're depleting all these resources, fucking fair enough. He left Cleveland and the net worth dropped by $500 million. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. Like... You you have like when LeBron's on your team, that's your championship yeah. window, and you yeah. have to do everything you can to capitalize on it. And it's not just LeBron; it's any player, man. And yeah. like I think that's when you see, that's when you look at guys like Dame Lillard, or I don't know, like when you look at superstars, and like the team is not maximizing their championship window. It's like, it's dumb. It's like what you always say: do it now. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah, just make it happen. But I think that the difference with this Lakers team as well is that. Whenever LeBron makes a move, like when he made the move, sorry, not when he made the move, when Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland and they traded for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, I remember at the time being like, this is a good trade for the Cavs. And then obviously I was wrong. But at the time of the Westbrook trade, everyone knew it was bad. Yeah. Like every single person knew that was a really bad yeah. decision. Yeah. I think that this is like a supremely unique season, this Lakers mm. season. And God damn it, we're talking about the Lakers again. <laughs> yeah, it just clicked. In, it just clicked for me as well. But I feel like we haven't had that chat before. There is, <laughs> there is no Laker even with a fucking sniff at any end of season or what. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Um, but you know what? Maybe maybe this is the send off, right? If they don't, if if they don't make the play in. This is the last time we're going to talk about the Lakers this season. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, like, fucking good riddance to that. Yeah, good call. <laughs> well, should we go down and get our stuff? Let's go get a burger. Thanks, Lucas. That was a bloody perler. Yeah, that was really good. Um, see you next week. Yeah, will they see this one? Uh, you guys may or may not see a video version of this episode. It's definitely not going to come out tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're just doing a sort of test case to see... Uh, you know how it comes out how difficult it's going to be to edit mm. um for me every tuesday night <laughs> um, um so yeah keep your eyes peeled not yeah. just your ears yeah uh i don't think Matthew uh, also mentioned what he was talking about just then oh. but <laughs> we recorded this visually as well yes yeah i keep saying recorded but like that just doesn't express <laughs> what we're doing yeah we filmed this we filmed it it's it's it, yeah. it will potentially be on youtube we can tell the cameraman to cut as well. Now. Yeah, cut and cut. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducas. Production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7 a.m.